we need the anointing of God. The anointing is that divine enablement of the Holy Ghost or the power of God to operate and function in our life. And some of us men need the anointing of God on our life to really be our father. We need the anointing of God in our life. Some of us business people, we need an anointing. You can go through the motion, and I don't want to go through the motion. You should want to be anointed. You're listening to the Anointed Leadership Podcast with Terry Lynn Scott. Subscribe today to start cultivating more leadership anointing in your life. Now here's your host, Terry Lynn Scott. Hey everyone, welcome to the Anointed Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Terry Lynn Scott. Again, I'm grateful that you're joining me and I pray that the content that we bring on this podcast adds value to your life. It helps your business, it helps your church, it helps your leadership more than anything, that uh, that it really empowers you and inspires you to keep going, keep doing, and implement some things that will just constantly uh, create progress and pro- and, and uh uh, adding value to your whole team around you. Uh, before I jump into the content today, we're going to talk about trusting others to run with the vision, uh, which is a big deal, I think, for many visionaries and leaders is trusting others. And I want to talk to you about that today. Before we jump into that, I'm going to ask you to do one of three things. First, if you haven't subscribed to the channel uh, or any platform you're listening to this to, go ahead and, and hit the subscribe button or the follow button. Uh, that way you always are notified when uh, one of these new uh, podcasts drop. And they normally drop every two weeks is what our goal is, is just to add value to leadership every couple of weeks. Give us some time to digest, as well as um, go ahead and, and apply certain things and make simple adjustments. The second thing would be, uh, if it is adding value to you, if you don't mind, hit a, hit the review and type in a review or a comment on whatever platform that you're on and let us know how this stuff's adding value to your life. Is it adjusting some things? Is it helping? Uh, and also in those, you could add what are some things that you would like to hear or ideas or thoughts that we might ha- have here at the Anointed Leadership Podcast about leadership, your style, or some issues you're having. We'd be glad to entertain those and speak to them if we possibly could. Uh, so today, let's jump right into it. Ah, the third one. I know you was thinking, what is the third one? Is share this with your family, your friends, anybody that out there that does leadership, um, people in your church, uh, coworkers, whatever. If this adds value to you, you enjoy the content, share this with them and help spread the word so that we can all grow in the anointing of leadership in our lives, wherever God has called us to be. Amen. Uh, So today I want to jump into episode 19, uh, trusting others to run with the vision. Uh, It's an interesting thing. And and, and being in the ministry now, 29 years, uh, a senior pastor, almost two, I understand what visionary leadership looks like on a, on an immature state as far as living in it. But being underneath visionaries for 27 years of my my in-laws, Jimmy and Marty Squires, watching what they did, how they did, how they casted vision, uh, different things, hindrances and successes and failures, and because and we all have them, of how do you trust other people with the vision? And I want you to, I want to challenge you with this. When I took over uh, and was put in as the senior pastor of Abundant Life Church, my pastor told me one thing, Dr. Barkley told me this. Um, he said, Terry, you got to know one thing that the vision of abundant life church is not Jimmy Squire's vision. It's not Marty Squire's vision. And it's not your vision. It's God's vision. It's a heavenly vision given to a man for a location to do a specific thing that God has instituted and wants to get done. And it's his purpose, not my purpose. And so when I heard that, it shifted everything that I had thought for 27 years. And I realized that I'm not changing anything about our vision. 
vision. Simply because it's not it's not Jimmy's vision, Marty's vision, or Terry's. It's God's, and I've plugged directly into it. I'm chasing that vision, and and we're seeing it happen. Things that I heard when I first came to Abundant Life in 1991 uh, about the ministry, about what's going on, about the vision, are things that we're doing today, things that we're starting today, things that, that we're moving towards today that it's taken almost 30 years to, to happen. And what an exciting thing is to be a part of a vision and help that vision of God come to pass with people. Why? Because somebody trusted me to run with that vision. So I think we got to realize number one about vision, it's God's vision. It's a heavenly vision. And we got to know our part. I'm going to read a verse to you, Habakkuk chapter two, verse two and three. It says, then the Lord answered and said to me, write the vision, write the vision, not your vision, the vision and make it plain on, on a tablet that he may run who reads it. The person that's reading the vision is running with it. It's the key component to having a successful vision is understanding my role and their role is let them that read it run with it for the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it because it will surely come. It will not tarry. I, I And I love this verse. And I want to unpackage this because I believe this is the key component to leadership. I believe this is the key component is when you trust people to run with the vision. You give them freedom to interpret. You give them freedom to, to uh, digest it and catch it and run with it. That's when they flourish. But it also is when your church will flourish or your business will flourish. You know, I, I've said this recently that people will work for a paycheck, but they'll give their life for something they believe in and, and a person that believes in them. So when you as the leader, when you as the visionary, when you as the pastor, when you as the owner of the company truly believe in your employees who are really your greatest assets, when you believe in them and they feel that you believe in them and that you can cast a vision that they believe in, they'll give their whole life for it. I'm watching it in my life. I'm watching it around Abundant Life Church. I'm grateful that, you know, this isn't what God, uh, what, what Terry dreamed up. This is what God did and me walking in what God's called me to be, but it's empowering other people to walk with me and run with the vision. And I don't want to hinder that. I don't want to be the, the, uh, parachute on the back of them, holding them back. I want them to run with God's vision that he's called me to oversee that just to over I'm oversight. I'm, I'm a shepherd. I'm, I'm in a grazing pasture, letting people do their thing. And when it's time to move, we move. And that's my job. But what we have to realize as leaders and as pastors, if you want exponential growth in your ministry, you got to trust people to read it and run with it. I have so much in this one verse that we could unpackage for leadership, and I want to help undo that today. So let, let me just break this down. Before we unpackage the six things of trusting, uh, in my opinion, is let's unpackage what is vision. First of all, the definition, Webster's de definition says this, the ability to think about or plan the future with imagination or wisdom. So it's all future. Vision has nothing to do with present tense. It's all future tense. And we've got to have the idea, the ability to think or plan. Now, it's interesting. It's not everybody has that ability. Not everybody has that, that wherewithal to just think about tomorrow and envision tomorrow because we're so burdened with today. Most pastors, if I could speak to just directly pastors, 
Again, been in this 29 years. I'm not offensive. I'm not trying to belittle, but I've watched most pastors leave the visionary role, jump into the managerial role because they see problems for today rather than casting visions for tomorrow. And we've got to deal with that a little. We've got to know our role and jump in that. Vision from a Christian perspective is simply this. God's download into our life telling us something to do, giving us an assignment, a task, a purpose. And not only that, when he puts that in us, he gives us everything we need to handle it and to see it come about. So we have everything we need on the inside of us to read it and run with it, and it will come about, the Bible says. The, the Bible also says, write it down, make it plain. Making it plain simply means etch it in stone so that they read it and run with it. That tells me it never changes. The vision will never change. It only evolves. It constantly grows and it empowers and it strengthens. And so it never changes. In 1991, 1986, when Pastor Jimmy started the church, he wrote the vision down. In 91, I jumped in and he is the same vision. In 2021, it's the same thing that was written down in 1986. All we've done is seen it strengthen. It's fortified. It's gotten bigger. The foundation's large. It's getting, it's getting stronger and much more momentum, but it's not changed. It always evolves. Here's another thing about vision. We're just defining how to, what this looks like. It always attracts the right people to help you. The vision of God will attract the right people around you to help you. This is a key component to trusting people. You got to recognize that the people God has sent you aren't for you. They're for the vision. Pastor, let me help you. It's not for you. It's for the vision God gave you. That's why the people are coming to you. Not for you, for the vision. To accomplish the heavenly vision given to a man for a specific location to affect change in the hearts and lives of people around them. you got to realize that vision is going to attract the right people. I'm going to unpackage that here in just a moment. But you got to see that. And the last thing about vision that I want to talk about is it will always outlast you. The vision of God always will outlast you. It never dies with you. It never changes and it doesn't die with you. It'll outlast you. Why? Because it's etched in stone. They that read it will run with it. And we got to really, really, really unpackage that and understand that it's not mine. It's God's. And when God tells you to do something, it will outlast you, right? The greatest challenge, in my opinion, for leaders is to move away from command and control of a vision and into empowerment and ownership of that vision to the hearer, to the reader, to the, to the person that's connected to you. You got to move from command and control to empowerment and ownership. Ownership comes from a sense of this is mine. It, I, it belongs to me. I can interpret it. I can run with it. Did you know that people that read things interpret it differently all the time? Habakkuk 2 says that he that reads it. It's interesting you can be in a congregation hearing the same pastor, the same message, and 20 different people heard something differently. It's interpretive. It's perspective. It's where they're at. Most people think that because it's, if it's not the way I read it, it must be wrong. And that's incorrect. The vision will come about. But give people the opportunity to have ownership. Just because they don't do it the way you do it, just because they don't say it the way you say it, doesn't mean it's wrong. <laughs> it, trusting people with the vision and running with it, it's a tough thing. And this is one of those things because we don't feel the interpretation or the perspective of it is accurate based on our perspective. As a visionary, can you not just digest that and see where that fits in the mold and how it helps us in the interpretation? Just a thought in this leadership about vision. Vision can be shared 
but must be caught. The biggest key ownership is when you catch a vision. People believe in it. They'll give you their life. It's being caught. The last thing I'm going to say before we unpack how to trust other people is this. If you don't trust people on your team to run with the vision, then why are they on the team? That's all I'm going to say. If we can't trust the people that are on our teams, then why are they there? If Why did we hire them if we can't trust them? If we can't f- help them and empower them and inspire them to understand and catch the vision, why are they there? That's the key component. Are they there to create problems, irritations, and frustrations for you, the leader, when they don't do all the right things to, to cause heartache and headache and a hellish mindset because they're not doing everything right? That's why they're there. Or are they there, attracted by God to you, to do what God's called you to do and the vision God's placed in your heart to write down for them? Are they there to help the vision come about? You got to make that decision. How do you see the people around you? Are they there to create just frustration and irritation? Or are they there to run with the vision? And if they're there to run with the vision that God's given, then you got to learn to trust them. That's why they're there. That's why they're with you. That's why they've stuck with you. If, if, if you haven't been trusting them, they're there to help you. And that's why they're still there, even though you don't trust them. It's time to let go of distrust and control and power and empower and in, inspire people to do what God's called them to do. Amen. Can I get an amen out there? Can somebody say amen out there? You know, and it's the biggest key to this about trusting people. My life as a leader isn't to manage the day to day in people's lives. It's to empower them to be better than they were yesterday. It's to, it's to infuse the anointing of God on the inside of them and help them discover their unhidden uh, talents and their gifts and their skills on the inside of them, sharpen those things to equip them for the work of the ministry to go do it. Jesus did this. When he sent out the 70, he sent out the 72. He said, go, here's a couple instructions, go. He didn't follow them. He didn't chase them down. They came back and they reported with great zeal and excitement. And Jesus was like, amen. At least your name is written down in the Lamb's book of life. We don't have one verse that Jesus interviewed, had an after action review uh, and everything else. And he nitpicked at everything they didn't do right. He just came back and said, Hey, they had victory. Come on, we're going to celebrate it. May not have done it all right, but he didn't get hung up on all that. He empowered them to go do what God's called them to do. That's what we do as leaders is we've got to empower and we've got it. That part of that's trust. So let's talk about it. How do I trust them? Number one, you got to accept your role. If you are the leader, if you are the pastor, you got to accept your role, your position within the church or, or the organization. You, you got to accept it. What are you? The visionary. You're the leader. People are following you. Have a character that they want to follow. Have a reputation they want to follow. Have a, a zeal about you that they want to follow. Nobody can wear your shoes. My, my father-in-law used to say it all the time. He used to say, Terry can preach better than me. Terry is smarter than I am. He can, he can speak better than I can. He can write better than I am. But he always would point out his toe and he'd say, but he can't wear my shoes. And I understand that so much more is I didn't want to wear his shoes. But the reality was he understood his role. You're going to have people around you that are better. That they're going to, they're going to be, There's going to be intimidation around you. There's going to be fear. There's going to be jealousy. There's going to be envy around you as a leader. But you got to realize nobody can wear your shoes. God anointed you to do this. God put the vision on the inside of you. He put the business on the inside of you. He put the pastoral on inside of you. He set you in. Nobody can wear 
your shoes. What is your shoes? Your job is to set the course, the direction, the vision of the future for the job, for the business, for the church that you're in. That's your job. You're the visionary. You don't have to run the vision by yourself. You got to set the course. You got to empower people. You got to make it plain, which is, is, is making it in such a way that they can catch it. Why? Because he that reads it, let him run with it. Number one, how do you trust people? You got to accept your role. You got to know who you are. There are people that are better than I am. There's better speakers than I am. There's more eloquent speakers than I am. There, there's probably better uh, counselors than I am. There's better pastors in our church than I am probably. But I know my role. I know I'm the pastor of Abundant Life Church. I don't need a title. I don't need it on a business card. I don't need people to remind me. Why? Because I've accepted my role. I'm now the visionary. I'm, I've caught it. It's been in part, it deposited in my heart. I get it. I see it plainly. My job is to make it plain so that they can read it. My job is to equip them to do the work. That's my job. I'm not interested in anything else. Accept your role. That's the first part of trusting. When you don't accept your role, you will have a hard time trusting everybody else because you feel like everybody's taking your job. They're getting more of the limelight. They're getting more credit. I don't care who gets the credit. As long as Jesus Christ is glorified and the vision's coming to pass, what do I care if they're tooting, you know, Stacy's horn or Felix's horn or, or anybody else's horn in our church? What do I care? I'm doing my job. I have accepted my role. I know my position. Nobody can wear my shoes in this place. I'm good. Let's move on. I'm telling you, you got to stop wondering and worrying and what's happening with everybody else and trust people by you got to know who you are first. Second thing is you got to be relational. Leaders that are on pedestals have very few followers. The, the, the leader that's on a pedestal looks more like an idol than a leader. People look up to you, but they don't know you. Jesus knew his disciples and his disciples knew him. You'll know their voice and, and they'll know your name. And that's the difference in managers and just people that want the limelight and true leaders. Jesus taught us many of this thing. You got to know your team, not just the work they do. Jesus knew Judas was in his midst and he never called him out. Think about it. He was so relational. He knew Judas, Judas was there. He knew Peter would betray him. He knew what was all going on in amongst the disciples. But he never casted them away. He knew them, not just their work. you got to be relational. If you're going to trust people to run, be relational. Get to know them, what, what, what makes them hurt, what makes them celebrate, what makes them laugh, what makes them mad. And don't, point, don't, don't push their buttons. Get to know them and be relational. Be approachable. Watch this from them. You, you can't have a, you can't touch this. Da, 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 attitude. You gotta, you gotta have a mentality that is approachable. You gotta have an open door policy for your team and the people around you. If you're gonna be relational, they gotta feel like they can talk to you. They can, they gotta feel like that when they're struggling, they can come share it with you. They gotta feel like that they can trust that the advice you give them is biblical and that, and that they can run with it. You, you gotta be relational. If I don't know you, then I look at you as if you're way off on the end and I'll never compare. No, follow me. As I follow Christ, Paul said, that means you got to know me and I got to get to know you. You got to know each other. You got to be relational. The relationships generates a great level of trust and a true follower mentality. If I can relate to you, I can trust you. And if I can trust you, I'm going to follow you. This is what relationships do. If you're going to trust people to run with the vision, 
You got to you got to number one know your role, but you got to be relational. People got to know that they can relate and they can talk to you and that they can trust you to follow what you what's on the inside. If you want them to catch it, first they got to follow you. The third one, watch this. Here it is. Empower others to take risks. I was in business with a couple of guys and we had a real estate business and and I remember these statements like this: little risk, little reward. Big risk, big reward. And I'm all about big rewards. Why? You got to take big risks and you got to empower people to start small, little risk, little reward. And the more they do it, the more confidence they get in themselves, the more confidence you have in them, the bigger the risk, the bigger the reward. Also, the little the risk, the little reward or the little the fall, the bigger the risk, the bigger the reward or the bigger the fall. So you got to help empower people to take risks, starting small, moving on up. You got to enable them. This is how you empower them to make risks. Enable them to make decisions, not just carry out orders. Give them the opportunity. Go tell me. Tell me what we're going to do. Tell me how we're going to do it. Tell me what's the best way of doing it. Give me, don't, I, I talked this one, I can't remember the episode, but one of the episodes, don't come to me with all your problems. Come to me with your results. That's empowering people. Don't just tell me what your problem is, but give me a couple of things that you've thought of, you've sought out, and this is part of enabling them to make decisions, not just carrying out orders. When there's a problem, empower them to make the decision, give you the suggestion of what they would do best, and then vote for it. Why? You're empowering them to go take a risk. They're going to find it. The challenge, challenge them. Make a big risk at times. Don't sink the ship, right? But but stand behind their decision, their risk. Stand, you stand behind it, whether it's right or wrong. If it's right, stand behind them and celebrate it. If it's wrong, accept the wrong, stand behind them and deal with it. But we don't, we don't, we don't correct in public. I love what Jesus, Jesus never corrected his disciples in public. He corrected the religious, the people against him. Leaders, we don't correct the people that are on our side in public. We do it in private. It's part of what Jesus taught us. We don't just blast people from a pulpit. We don't blast people in the midst of an, uh, of an event and it's wrong. We don't blast them. Jesus never did those things. And we learned so much from him in his leadership. I'm challenging. This is how you empower people. They trust that when they fail, you're going to accept the failure with them, but you're going to bring the correction in private. You're not going to beat them up in public and embarrass them. They're already embarrassed because it's fell, it has fallen, right? So we got to realize that part of making or taking a risk there's a failure involved. In episode 15, I talked about failing forward. And I would challenge you to go back and look at that because we're all going to fail. But most people are fear, have a fear of failure, which is why they won't take a risk. We must normalize failure to some degree, just to some degree. We're not just saying, oh, it's great to fail. It's not. But we normalize it. We all fail. And in the failure, we learn the lesson. So we've got to help them understand and let them see by transparency, our failures and how we've learned from them and we can move on from it, right? The, the last thing about taking the risk is you've got to generate a culture that embraces a dynamic laboratory mentality, one that is willing to go try new things, not just go repeat what we've always done, but but that we got a that dynamic mentality, that laboratory style. And we got to move away from what I call the static mentality or the safe and best practices mentality. The one that is, it always works. We've always done it. We should always do it this way. You know, those people that don't like new things or like to try new things. They always order the same thing. My wife does it at a steak. Always the same thing. That's static. Why? It's safe and it's the best practice. 
I'm the dynamic guy. I'm going to order the things that I, I can't get anywhere else. Why? Because I want to try something new. And in your leadership, you got to empower them to go to the laboratory and try and try. And when it fails, try again and be okay with it. Celebrate it. Thomas Edison and the light bulb a thousand times figured out how not to do it. And you got to give them that ability and empower them to do so. The fifth thing, let me, let me, ref, let me, I know we're going through these kind of quick. I'm sorry. It's the fourth thing, but the first one is you got to accept your role. You got to become relational. You got to empower others to take the risk. And the fourth thing is you got to eliminate anxiety. This is, this is trusting people to run with the vision. I honestly think for me, this was the hardest part because what I understand failure. I understand, you know, um, every one of us are going to fail. Uh, but the anxiety part of, and I'm not an anxious person, but listen, to what I'm going to say is when you delegate authority to somebody to do a task and you're wondering, you haven't heard in a week, you haven't heard in two weeks, what's going on? Are we doing anything? It doesn't feel like anything's happening. doesn't feel like anything's moving and you're just sitting there and you haven't heard of a report of what's going on. And you're sitting there thinking, itching, scratching, like, oh my gosh, I'm fiending for information. Tell me because it doesn't seem like. And the trusting that things are happening, even if you don't know, it's anxiety in the leadership. You got to eliminate this thing. Watch. The, the urge, this is what anxiety looks like, the urge to constantly check up on them, to constantly ask every day what's going on, what's new, what's different. Even though you should know and want to know, you got to eliminate it. Why? Because you're empowering people to run with the vision. You're trusting them. You're trusting them. You're empowering them to sharpen their skills. You're empowering them to develop their leadership. And you got to resist that urge uh, uh, to constantly check up on them. How do you do that? You set report dates and you stick to them. So if you if you need a report every two weeks or every 10 days, set the date and in between, shut up, leave it alone. Don't send the email. Don't send the text. Don't Unless it gets to the place where you haven't heard from them at all and the report date is passed, now you have to deal with that. But if, if you can't deal with the urges so quickly, like it's coming, do this. If it's in between your set report dates, do, just ask them, say, hey, not in a hurry. I'm just touching base. I'm in prayer. Talk to me a little bit about what we're dealing with. What, where are you at right now? How can I pray with you? How can I help you? Do you need any help? And let them report to you. Let them tell you where they're at. Nod. Okay. Thank you. Okay. What they're going to do is think because you're asking the question that you don't trust them. They're going to think that their decision might be wrong. So they're going to answer this way. Um, so how do you think? Do you think that's okay? Uh, do you think that decision was right? Is there something different you would like for me to do? That's the, those questions come when there still isn't the trust factor. And the, in that moment, let me help you with this, eliminating the anxiety that you can trust people is nod, agree with them, support their decisions, tell them things like this. I, have, I wouldn't do it any other way. I think that's a great idea. I let you know if you're if you're not sure about it, let's just see where it goes. You made the decision. And support it. Don't change it. Don't change it midstream. Give the process the time to find out what it looks like at the end of the goal, right? That's what our goal is. You gotta eliminate the anxiety, the itch, the fiend to know everything. And mostly you say, Well, I should know. Sure, you should know. That's why you generate report dates. You generate those things. My challenge is don't do it every day. 
maybe once a week as a simple checkup by email or a text or if you have to have a meeting. But the reality is, listen, you got to give them room to grow. That generates trust. And if you're, if you're badgering it, you're begging for information every day, you're missing the opportunity to empower and trust people. You've got to give them some ability to grow and develop and design and, and, and implement things. And you don't have to fix everything. My opinion is I've learned it in almost two years. You don't have to fix it. Let them do it. And it probably is not the way I would do it. It's okay. They got to learn. People have to learn and they want to. Here's the thing. People will give their life for somebody that values them. And that's what I'm challenging. You want growth in your ministry. You want growth in your church. Start valuing people, their gifts, and empowering them to develop those. When you do, you'll see a different level of ownership, and they'll run with your, the vision God gave you for your ministry. The last one, number five. I think I said six earlier, but there's only five. The first one, let's repeat them. Accept your role. Know who you are. Become relational. Empower, number three, be, empower others to take risks. Number four, eliminate anxiety. Number five, number five, watch this, stand with them when they fail. This is how you trust people. You build trust. It's not just you trusting them. They have to trust you. They have to trust that you support them. They have to trust that you're with them. They have to trust that you, you're going you're gonna to agree with their successes and you're going you're gonna to stand in their failures. They're, you're not throwing them under the bus, if you will. You're not bl- putting them on blast in front of everybody. You're not belittling them and degrading them because they made mistakes. They need to know that you stand with them even in the failures. You can say it. But they got to know you got to stand with them. You got to make that failure yours. You got to own it as the leader. Why? Because that's what delegation is. That's what empowerment is. Successes and failures. We're doing this together. We're in this thing together. I'm reminded of this one story, Jesus with Peter, James, and John. This is one of the greatest leadership principles in all of the Bible uh, that I found personally for Terry Linscott is he, they come off of the mountain and they come down and the disciples are casting out a devil. Well, the devil doesn't come out of the boy. And so the dad gets mad at the disciples. And he, they, he looks at the leader, Jesus, says, what's wrong with your disciples? They can't do what you do. Notice this. The disciples following Jesus' lead, he's trusting them to cast out a devil. They can't do it. They failed. Jesus looks at the dad and says, it's okay. Give me the boy. Cast out the devil. Walks away and never approaches the, the disciples until later when they're in private. Now, if this was religious folks that were trying to do it, he would have rebuked the religious folks. But because it was his disciples that were following him and were with him, he didn't openly rebuke them. He just stood with the failure. He accepted it. He fixed the problem and moved on. Never gave any reference to the disciples until they were in private. And they asked him a question, where did we go wrong? And and the level of relationship for the disciples to ask the question and trust that Jesus would answer it, all of this is trusting others to run with the vision. He did. And he didn't openly blast them in their failure. He did it in private. And he did it in a teaching, coaching moment, not in a, I can't believe you couldn't do this. He basically said, boys, this kind of only comes out by prayer and fasting. See the difference? It's, it, it's that leadership level, and this is standing them within their, with their failure. He never pointed out their failure to anybody. He just fixed it, and he moved on. This is what it looks like. This is empowering. This is moments of, of building trust. This is where people trust you, and you can trust them. They see your failure. You see their failure. It's transparency. It's vulnerability. When you, sit, when you accept their, the failure as your own, and you don't cast the blame, 
listen, that's when people will start trusting you. My challenge, listen, today is you got to start trusting other people to run with the vision, God's vision, the heavenly vision. And how do you do it? I'm going to repeat them. Accept your role. Know who you are. Be relational. Empower them to take risks. Eliminate the anxiety and stand with them when they fail. I hope this is helping you. I hope the content helps you. Uh, I hope it's adding value to your life and to your leadership. Uh, and, and again, thank you. Read, live a review. Sh- hit the share button. Hit the subscribe button. Uh, and until next time, I pray that God will bless you and supernaturally anoint you to do all that he's called you to do in Jesus' name. Connect with Terry on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts to help this message reach more people so together we can create anointed leaders all over the world. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, we're believing God with you and for you that whatever you put your hand to will prosper in Jesus' name.